book two chapter six of the mystical city of god volume three by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter six christ is transfigured on mount tabor in the presence of his most holy mother they go from galilee to jerusalem preparatory to the passion and the savior is anointed by magdalene in bethany our redeemer and master jesus had already consumed more than two years and a half in preaching and performing wonders and he was approaching the time predestined by the eternal wisdom for satisfying divine justice for redeeming the human race through his passion and death and thus to return to his eternal father since all his works were ordered with the highest wisdom for our instruction and salvation the lord resolved to prepare and strengthen some of his apostles for the scandal of his passion by manifesting to them beforehand in its glory that same body which he was soon to exhibit in the disfigurement of the cross thus would they be reassured by the thought that they had seen it transfigured in glory before they looked upon it disfigured by his sufferings this he had promised a short time before in the presence of all although not to all but only to some of his disciples as is recorded by saint matthew matthew chapter sixteen verse twenty eight for his transfiguration he selected a high mountain in the centre of galilee two leagues east of nazareth and called mount tabor ascending to its highest summit with the three apostles peter and the two brothers james and john he was transfigured before them matthew chapter seventeen verse one mark chapter nine verse one luke chapter nine verse twenty eight the three evangelists tell us that besides these apostles were present also the two prophets moses and elias discoursing with jesus about his passion and that while he was thus transfigured a voice resounded from heaven in the name of the eternal father saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased hear ye him the evangelists do not say that most holy mary was present at this transfiguration nor do they say that she was not there this did not fall within their purpose and they did not think it proper to speak of the hidden miracle by which she was enabled to be there for the purpose of recording this event here i was given to understand that at the same time in which some of the holy angels were commissioned to bring the soul of moses and elias from their abode others of her own guard carried the heavenly lady to mount tabor in order to witness the transfiguration of her divine son for without a doubt she really witnessed it there was no necessity of confirming the most holy mother in her faith as was necessary with the apostles for she was invincibly confirmed in faith but the lord had many different objects in view at his transfiguration and there was special reasons for his not wishing to celebrate this great moment without the presence of his most holy mother what for the apostles was a gratuitous favor was a duty in regard to the queen and mother since she was his companion and co-partner in the works of the redemption even to the foot of the cross it was proper to fortify her by this favor against the torments in store for her most holy soul moreover she was to remain on earth as the teacher of the holy church therefore it was proper that she should be one of the eyewitnesses of this great mystery 
to grant such a favor was easily within the power of her divine son since he was wont to lay open to her all the workings of his divine soul nor would the love of such a son permit him to withhold that favor from his mother for he otherwise omitted nothing whereby he could in any way demonstrate his tender love for her and this certainly would be a token of highest esteem for her excellence and dignity i have therefore been informed that for these reasons and for many others not necessary to mention here most holy mary assisted at the transfiguration of her divine son our redeemer during this transfiguration the blessed mary saw not only the humanity of christ our lord transformed in glory but she was favored by an intuitive and clear vision of the divinity itself for the lord wished her to partake of the privilege implied in being present at this event in a more abundant and distinguished manner than the apostles moreover there was a great difference between her insight and that of the apostles into the glory of the transfigured body for the apostles as saint luke tells us luke chapter nine verse thirty two were not only asleep when jesus at the beginning of this mysterious glorification retired to pray but they were also seized with such fear at the voice resounding from heaven that they fell with their faces to the earth and rose not until the lord himself spoke to them and raised them up matthew chapter seventeen verse six the blessed mother on the other hand witnessed and heard all these events without undue excitement for besides being accustomed to such great manifestations of glory she was divinely fortified and enlightened for looking upon the divinity hence she was enabled to look fixedly upon the glorified body without experiencing the terror and weakness of the senses which overtook the apostles the most blessed mother had already on other occasions seen the body of her divine son glorified as was related in other parts of this history but on this occasion she looked upon him with much greater enlightenment and with a mind much more alert to all the wonders therein hidden hence also the effects caused in her by this vision were such that she was totally renewed and inflamed by this communication with the divinity as long as she lived she never lost the impression caused by the sight of such glory manifested in the humanity of christ the memory of it greatly consoled her in the absence of her divine son whenever his glorious presence was not otherwise felt by her as we shall see in the third part of this history yet on the other hand the memory of this glorious transfiguration of christ also made her feel so much the more deeply the maltreatment experienced by christ in his passion and death but no human ingenuity can suffice fully to describe the effects of this glorious vision of her son on her most holy soul with inmost gratitude and deepest penetration she began to ponder upon what she had seen and heard exalted praise of the omnipotent god welled forth from her lips when she considered how her eyes had seen refulgent in glory that same bodily substance which had been formed of her blood carried in her womb and nursed at her breast how she had with her own ears heard the voice of the eternal father acknowledge her son as his own and appoint him as the teacher of all the human race with her holy angels she composed new canticles to celebrate an event so full of festive joy for her soul and for the most sacred humanity of her son 
i will not expatiate upon this mystery nor discuss in what the transfiguration of the body of jesus really consisted it is enough to know that his countenance began to shine like the sun and his garments became whiter than the snow matthew chapter seventeen verse two this outward splendor was merely the effect of the glory of his divinity always united to his beautified soul at his incarnation the glory which would naturally have been communicated permanently to his sacred body was miraculously suspended for the time of his natural life now this suspension of his divine glory ceased and the body for a short time was allowed to share the glory of his soul this is the splendor which became visible to those who were present immediately after the miraculous suspense the divine glory was again confined only to his soul as his soul was always in the beatified state so also his body according to the common order should have continually shared in this glory and therefore this transient glorification of his body was likewise a miracle after the transfiguration the most blessed mother was brought back to her house in nazareth her divine son descended the mountain and immediately came to visit her in order to take final leave of his parental province and set out for jerusalem there on the following pasch which was to be for him the last upon earth he was to enter upon his passion having spent only a few days at nazareth he departed with his mother his disciples and apostles and some of the holy women traveling about through galilee and samaria before entering judea and jerusalem the evangelist saint luke writes of this journey where he says that he set his face toward jerusalem luke chapter nine verse fifty one for he journeyed to jerusalem with a joyous countenance and full of desire to enter upon his sufferings in order thereby according to his most ardent and generous desire to sacrifice himself for the human race he was not to return to galilee where he had wrought so many miracles knowing this at his departure from nazareth he glorified his eternal father and in the name of his sacred humanity gave thanks for having in that house and neighborhood received the human form and existence which he was now to deliver over to suffering and death of the prayers of christ our lord on this occasion i will record as far as i can the following one my eternal father in compliance with thy will i gladly hasten to satisfy thy justice by suffering even unto death thus shall i reconcile to thee all the children of adam paying their debts and opening to them the gates of heaven which have been closed against them i shall seek those who have turned away and lost themselves so that they may be restored by the force of my love i shall find and gather together the lost house of jacob isaiah chapter fifty six verse eight raise up the fallen enrich the poor refresh the thirsty cast down the haughty and exalt the humble i wish to vanquish hell and enhance the glories of the triumph over lucifer first letter of st john chapter three verse eight and over the vices which he has sown into the world i wish to raise up the standard of the cross beneath which virtue and all those that put themselves under its protection are to fight their battles i wish to satiate my heart with insults and affronts which are so estimable in thy eyes 
i wish to humiliate myself even to death at the hands of thy enemies in order that our chosen friends may be consoled in their tribulations and that they may be honored by high rewards whenever they choose to humiliate themselves in suffering the same persecutions o oh, beloved cross when shalt thou receive me in thy arms o oh, sweet ignominies and affronts when shalt thou bear me on to overcome death through the sufferings of my entirely guiltless flesh ye pains affronts ignominies scourges thorns torments death come unto me who wish to embrace you yield yourselves to my welcome since i well understand your value if the world abhors you i long for you if the world in its ignorance despises you i who am truth and wisdom love and embrace you come then to me for in welcoming you as man i exalt you as the true god and am ready to efface the touch of sin from you and from all that will embrace you come to me ye pains and disappoint me not heed not my omnipotence for i shall permit you to exert your full force upon my humanity you shall not be rejected and abhorred by me as you are by mortals the deceitful fascination of the children of adam in vainly judging the poor and the afflicted of this world as unhappy shall now disappear for if they see their true god their creator master and father suffering horrible insults scourgings the ignominious torment and destitution of the cross they will understand their error and esteem it as an honor to follow their crucified god these are some of the sentiments which i have been made to perceive in the heart of the master of life our saviour the sufferings of his death on the cross show as my words cannot express how great was the love with which he sought and underwent them notwithstanding all this our hearts are weighed down by sin entangled in vanities psalm four verse three though we have life and truth before our eyes we are nevertheless carried away by our pride and repelled by humility ravished by what is pleasurable and full of abhorrence for what is painful o oh, lamentable error to labor much in order to avoid laboring a little to exhaust ourselves entirely merely in order to avoid a small inconvenience to foolishly resolve on suffering eternal shame and confusion just in order to evade a slight dishonor or in order not to undergo one hour of vain and apparent honor who that claims the use of his reason can say that he loves himself by following such a course no mortal enemy of his can ever do him a greater harm than he does himself by doing what is displeasing to god we hold those as our enemies who flatter and entertain us while they have treason in their hearts and we would call those foolish who would allow themselves to be betrayed by an insignificant pleasure and delight if we judge right in this as we really do what shall we say of the judgment of those who are devotees of the world who has intoxicated them who has thus deprived them of their reason oh how great is the number of fools most holy mary alone of all the children of adam adjusted her whole life according to the will and conduct of her son without departing in the least from the closest imitation of his life and fulfilment of his doctrine she was that most prudent creature full of knowledge and wisdom who could make up for our ignorance and foolishness and gain for us eternal truth in the midst of our darkness 
this happened also on the occasion of which i have spoken for the heavenly lady being the mirror of her son's soul saw all the affection and love actuating his interior since this was also the guide of her activity she entirely conformed to them and with him addressed her prayers to the eternal father as follows most high god and father of mercies i confess thy infinite and immutable essence eternally do i praise and exalt thee for in this place after thou hast created me thou hast deigned to glorify the power of thy arm by raising me to the dignity of mother of thy only begotten and magnified the overflowing of thy ancient mercies with me thy humble slave and because thy and my only begotten in the flesh which he assumed from my substance has condescended to retain me in his most delightful company for thirty-three years permitting me to enjoy his graces his teachings and his guidance for the enlightenment of the soul of thy handmaid to-day my lord and eternal father i leave my country and i joyfully follow my son and master in order to be present at the sacrifice of his life and of his human existence for mankind there is no sorrow like unto my sorrow at seeing the lamb which taketh away the sins of the world delivered over to the bloodthirsty wolves at seeing that one subjected to suffering torment and death who is the living image and figure of thy substance letter to the hebrews chapter one verse three who is engendered of thee from all eternity and equal to thee through all the ages at seeing that one subjected to insult and death of the cross whom i have given life in my womb and at seeing the beauty of that countenance obscured by filth and wounds which is the joy of my eyes and the delight of all the angels oh would it were possible that i receive the pains and sorrows which await him and that i might suffer death in order to save his life accept heavenly father the sacrifice of my sorrowing affection which i offer in union with him in order that thy holy will and pleasure may be fulfilled oh how quickly flee the days and hours which shall end in the night of my sorrow and bitterness it will be a fortunate day for the children of men but a night of affliction for my sorrow-laden heart so soon to be deprived of its illuminating sun o children of adam so deeply lost in error and so forgetful of yourselves awake at last from your heavy slumber and recognize the weight of your sins in the devastation they are about to cause in your god and creator see their dire effects in my mortal sorrow and bitterness of my soul begin at last to take heed of the damage wrought by sin i cannot worthily express all the thoughts and affections of the mistress of the world in this her departure from nazareth her prayers and petitions to the eternal father her most sweet and sorrowful conversations with her divine son the greatness of her grief and the vastness of her merits for on account of the conflict between the love of a true mother by which she naturally desired to preserve him from the terrible torments and the conformity of her will with that of jesus and of his eternal father her heart was pierced by the sword of sorrow prophesied by simeon luke chapter two verse thirty five in her affliction she complained to her divine son in words of deepest prudence and wisdom yet also of sweetest sorrow that she should be unable to prevent his sufferings or at least die with him 
these sorrows of the mother of god exceeded the sufferings of all the martyrs who have died or will die for love of god to the end of the world in such a state of mind and affection the sovereigns of the world pursued their way from nazareth toward jerusalem through galilee which the saviour was not to revisit in this life as the end of his labours for the salvation of men drew to a close his miraculous works increased in number and as the sacred writers of the gospels relate they became especially numerous in the last months intervening between his departure from galilee and the day of his entrance into jerusalem until that day after having celebrated the feast or the pasch of the tabernacles the saviour travelled about and laboured in judea awaiting the appointed time when according to his will he was to offer himself in sacrifice during these journeyings his most holy mother accompanied him except on a few occasions when they separated in order to attend to the welfare of souls in different localities on such errands saint john was deputed to accompany her and administer to her wants from that time on saint john received most exalted enlightenments in regard to the great mysteries and hidden sacraments of the most pure virgin and mother among the wonders wrought by the most prudent and powerful queen at this time were those of most exalted flights of charity in procuring by her petitions and prayers the justification of souls for also she just as her most holy son now began to be more lavish in her blessed benedictions to mankind bringing many to the path of eternal life curing the sick visiting the poor and the afflicted the destitute and the infirm assisting the dying with her own hands especially those that were most forsaken and afflicted with greater suffering and pain of all these works in his special office of attending upon the blessed mother the beloved disciple was a witness but as the force of her love at the prospect of seeing her divine son leave her to return to his eternal father had now increased a thousandfold the blessed mother had such a yearning desire of being in his presence that she often swooned away in ecstasies of love and affection whenever she was obliged to endure his absence for any length of time the divine master on his part who as god knew all that passed in the heart of his beloved mother faithfully corresponded with her feelings speaking to her those words which are now fulfilled to the letter thou hast wounded my heart my sister my spouse thou hast wounded my heart with one of thy eyes for as if wounded and overcome by his own love he was drawn again to her presence according to what has been made known to me christ our lord in as far as he was man could not ever have left the presence of his mother if he had given full sway to his love for a mother who loved him so much hence it was natural that he should hasten to relieve and console her by his presence and intercourse the beauty of the most pure soul of his mother refreshed him and made all his labors and hardships appear sweet to him he looked upon her as the choice and only fruit of all his exertions and the mere presence of mary repaid him for all his bodily sufferings our saviour continued to perform his miracles in judea among them was also the resurrection of lazarus and bethany whither he had been called by the two sisters martha and mary as this miracle took place so near to jerusalem the report of it was soon spread throughout the city the priests and pharisees being irritated by this miracle held a council john chapter nine verse seventeen 
in which they resolved upon the death of the redeemer and commanded all those that had any knowledge of his whereabouts to make it known for after the resurrection of lazarus jesus retired to the town of ephraim until the proximate feast of the pash should arrive as the time of celebrating it by his own death drew nigh he showed himself more openly with his twelve disciples the apostles and he told them privately that they should now get themselves ready to go to jerusalem where the son of man he himself should be delivered over to the chiefs of the pharisees bound as a prisoner scourged and ill-treated unto the death of the cross matthew chapter twenty verse eighteen in the meanwhile the priest kept a sharp watch to find him among those who came to celebrate the pash six days previous he again visited bethania where he had called lazarus to life and where he was entertained by the two sisters they arranged a banquet for the lord and his mother and for all of his company among those that were at table with them was also lazarus whom he had brought back to life a few days before while our saviour according to the custom of the jews was reclining at this banquet magdalene filled with divine enlightening and most magnanimous sentiments entered the banquet hall as an outward token of her ardent love toward christ her divine master she anointed his feet and poured out over them and over his head an alabaster vase filled with a most fragrant and precious liquor composed of spikenard and other aromatic ingredients then she wiped his feet with her hair just as she had done at another occasion in the house of the pharisee related by saint luke luke chapter seven verse thirty eight although the other three evangelists in relating this second anointment apparently differ as to some of the circumstances yet i was not informed that they refer to different anointments or speak of more than one woman but that they refer only to magdalene who was moved to these acts of devotion by inspiration of the holy ghost and by her own burning love toward christ the redeemer the fragrance of this ointment filled the whole house for she had procured a large quantity and of the most precious kind nor did she stint it in any way but broke the vessel in token of her generous love and devotion to the master the avaricious apostle judas who wished to get possession of the ointment in order to sell it for the increase of his purse began to criticize this mysterious anointing of his master and also to stir up some of the other apostles under the pretext of poverty and of charity toward the poor john chapter twelve verse five these he said are defrauded of their alms by this lavish expense and waste of so costly an article at the same time all this had been ordained by divine providence while judas acted only as an avaricious and disgruntled hypocrite the teacher of truth and life defended magdalene against this accusation of inconsiderate prodigality he commanded judas and the others not to molest her matthew chapter twenty four verse ten since her action had not been vain or without good cause he told them the poor would not on that account lose the alms which they should receive each day whereas such opportunity of showing honor to his person would not be afforded every day that the anointment had been performed by this generous and loving woman through enlightenment of the holy spirit and as a prophetic announcement of the mysterious unction the saviour was so soon to undergo in the torments of his death and at his burial nothing of all this the perfidious disciple took to heart 
but on the contrary he conceived a furious wrath against his master on account of his thus justifying the action of magdalen lucifer profiting by the disposition of this depraved heart incited it to new upwellings of avarice anger and mortal hate against the author of life henceforth judas schemed to bring about his death and resolved as soon as he should come to jerusalem to betray him to the pharisees and help to discredit him in their eyes as he afterwards did after this banquet he betook himself secretly to jerusalem and told them that his master taught new laws contrary to those of moses and of the emperors that he was addicted to banqueting a friend of depraved and profane company that he had admitted as his followers many of a wicked life both men and women that without delay they should see such conduct stopped lest ruin overtake them when it was too late to secure relief as the pharisees were already of the same mind and were instigated by the same prince of darkness they gladly accepted his advice with them therefore he agreed on a price for the betrayal of christ our saviour all the thoughts of judas lay open not only to his divine master but also to his most blessed mother the lord said nothing to judas in regard to this matter but continued to deal with him as a kind father and to enlighten his obstinate heart his mother however redoubled her admonitions and gentle endeavors to withdraw judas from the precipice and on this night of the banquet which was that preceding palm sunday she called him aside to speak to him alone representing to him amid a flood of tears and with most sweet and persuasive words what terrible danger threatened him if he should persist in his intentions she asked him to give up his designs and if he was offended at his master to take vengeance on her for this was a smaller evil since she was only a creature while he was his master and the true god in order to satisfy the avarice of this insatiable heart she offered him some presents which she had received for this purpose from magdalen but none of her efforts were of any avail with this hardened soul nor did any of these sweet and loving words soften this more than adamantine heart on the contrary as he did not find an answer and the exhortations of the most prudent queen were so urgent he lashed himself into a greater fury showing his wrath by a sullen silence he was however not ashamed to take what she offered to him for his avarice was equal to his perfidy the most blessed mary then left him and betook herself to her son and master full of the bitterest sorrow she cast herself weeping at his feet in her exquisite grief and compassion she wished to bring some consolation to the sacred humanity of christ her son whom she now beheld suffering of the sorrow unto death which he afterwards manifested in the presence of his disciples matthew chapter twenty four verse thirty eight of this kind were the sufferings of christ for the sins of those men who were to misapply his passion and death as i shall relate farther on instruction which the queen of heaven most holy mary gave me my daughter thou daily understandest and declarest more fully in this history that my son and i with him in our ardent love embrace the way of the cross and suffering for the whole course of our natural life thou receivest this knowledge more fully and hearest this doctrine repeated so often that thou must strive to follow it closely in thy daily life 
this duty grows upon thee from the day in which my son has chosen thee as bride and will oblige thee more and more so that thou canst not evade the duty of embracing and loving hardships to such an extent that thy greatest pain shall be to be without them renew every day this desire in thy heart for i wish thee to be very proficient in this science which the world abhors so much but remember at the same time that god does not afflict creatures merely for the sake of afflicting them but in order to make them more capable and worthy of receiving the blessings and treasures prepared for them beyond all human conception first letter to the corinthians chapter two verse nine for the confirmation of this truth and a pledge of his promises he permitted the transfiguration of himself on mount tabor in my presence and that of some of the disciples in the prayer which he then made to the eternal father and which i alone knew of and understood he humbled himself before his father confessing him as he always did in his prayers as the true god infinite in his perfections and attributes and besought him to concede a share of the glory of his own body to all those who in their mortal bodies should afflict themselves and bear hardships for his love and in imitation of his own and to grant this glory in the measure proper to each after the resurrection of their bodies in the final judgment since the eternal father granted this request there is a certain contract between god and man the glory which was given to the body of christ the saviour was a pledge of that which christ was to secure for all his followers great therefore is the value of the momentary hardships endured in the privation of earthly delights and in mortifications and sufferings for the sake of christ second letter to the corinthians chapter four verse seventeen on account of the merits of this prayer of christ this glory which belongs to him is due to the creatures in justice since men are the members of christ's mystical body second letter to saint timothy chapter four verse eight yet this union with christ by which man merits such reward must be brought about by grace and by imitation of the same suffering which merited it for the redeemer if all bodily suffering merits its crown a much greater crown is merited by the patient endurance and pardoning of injuries and by returning good for them as we acted in regard to judas for the lord did not only not take away from judas his apostolate or show himself in any way irritated against him but he patiently bore with him to the very end when judas had already made himself altogether unfit for any graces by giving himself up to the devil during our mortal life the lord is very slow in visiting his vengeance upon us but he will make up for his slowness in the severity of his punishments after death if then god suffers and bears with us so much how much must one poor worm of the earth bear with another since both are of the same nature and condition by the light of this truth and by the charity of the lord and spouse thou must regulate the amount of thy patience and long-suffering with others and the zeal for their salvation i do not say that thou must therefore permit what is against the honour of god for that would not be a true zeal for the good of thy neighbour but thou must love them as creatures of the lord and abhor sin thou must suffer and ignore whatever is done against thee always seeking as far as in thee lies the salvation of others 
do not lose heart when thou seest no immediate fruit but continue to present to the eternal father the merits of my most holy son my intercession and that of the saints and angels for as god is charity and as they are the ministers of the most high they will gladly make use of this same charity for the benefit of those who are still on their pilgrimage end of chapter six